Hey everyone, this podcast is with Steven Jagger, the co-founder of Addy Invest. Addy Invest, if you don't know, allows Canadians to purchase shares of ownership of industrial commercial grade real estate with as little as $1 all the way up to $2,500. They're giving every single Canadian access to invest in real estate projects that for, were for all of history before this completely out of reach to the average Canadian retail investor and only available to wealthy individuals and companies. Addy has expanded their platform to now allow anyone to post real estate investment projects onto their platform to crowd fund your own deals and it's a game changer. Wait until you hear the new ways that Addy project issuers are using the Addy platform to achieve incredibly unique things that just weren't possible before Steven and their team created their software program. You'll also get a generous promo code at the end of the podcast to get full Addy membership access for a full year at the end of the show uh, just for being a Your Life, Your Term show listener. Pretty nice perk. If you like that little perk, you really have no idea what you're missing out on by not being a Rockstar or Circle member. There are so many perks and discounts that you get access to by being a member that we don't even discuss. It's crazy. On the Rockstar Inner Circle members only site, for example, we host what we call our million dollar Rolodex. This is a Rolodex containing 52 different categories of different types of professionals that can help you truly live life on your own terms with your real estate investing. These are all trusted contacts that we've painstakingly vetted and gathered over the last 15 years of this business. Accountants, mortgage brokers, lawyers, paralegals, contractors, tradespeople, home inspectors, property and life insurers, property managers, all real estate investor focused professionals who you can add to your real estate power team. Not only that, many of these professionals offer discounts to you just for being a Rockstar member. I had a home inspection done two weeks ago on a new purchase and I got $200 off for being associated with Rockstar. We needed a reliable contractor to get some small tasks done on this new home and one conversation with the Rockstar coach later, we have our guy. There's so many intricate little bonuses, discounts, and connections hidden within this network that you only get access to once you're a part of it and taking action. When you become a member, it's like taking a power cord and plugging it into this incredible network of connections you can instantly take advantage of. It's powerful stuff. If you want to learn more about the Rockstar Inner Circle, head over to our website, rockstarinnercircle.com slash member to check out all the specific benefits of being a member. That's rockstarinnercircle.com slash member to see all the big benefits of joining the membership, things like the million dollar Rolodex, which we rarely even discuss, but have huge benefits and check out everything else available to you when you become a member. Now, without further ado, Steven Jagger and Addy Invest. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, I'm here with Stephen Jagger. Stephen, um... I want to ask you about the newest issuance feature on the Addy platform. It's pretty exciting. And I think you have a lot to talk about there. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So the, um, the Addy platform, it was basically, we're an online investment platform that enables everyone to participate in the ownership of institutional commercial grade real estate. And so we've had 32 properties come out of the platform thus far. And we basically enable sort of regular Canadians to be able to participate in the ownership of these opportunities. And now we've started licensing what we call the Addy Business Platform to issuers. So an issuer can be a real estate developer, a real estate operator, you know, someone who's buying real estate in one fashion or another and raising money from investors. Um, generally, a real estate developer, a real estate operator will 
um, raise money from accredited investors only. And they're always trying to get the biggest check possible from the least amount of people possible because it is hard and complex and costly to deal with investors. Um, so if you have one investor cut you a $1 million check versus 10 investors cutting you a you know, $100,000 checks, most, if not all real estate developers or operators would choose to have the one investor because there's one person to update. It's one check to deal with. It's one subscription agreement to get signed. And you know, it's, it's, it's one document for a lawyer to touch. And so what we've done is we've automated and systemized all of the pain points so that you can have you know, 1,000 investors, 10,000 investors in a specific property and have no, you know, no real pain associated with the volume of investors. So the automation of the movement of money, the signing of contracts, the investor updates, um, creating accounts, connecting, um, connecting bank accounts, doing a dividend or a distribution, verifying ID, all of that is built into the platform. And automated so that you can deal in the, you know, the masses, you can enable thousands and thousands of people to participate in this, in the, in the ownership. So you mentioned 32 issuances. Have that been Addy like Addy's own projects, or these are now people putting their projects onto Addy you're mentioning? Yeah. So they've never been, well, not never, they've, they've almost never been Addy projects. The very, very first property that we put on the platform is was a single family house that is a real estate development. So the house has been ripped down. There's a duplex being built right now and it should be done in the next couple of months. And then the two units will be sold off that property and project technically is, you know, part of the, the Addy community. Cause it was just our very first, we had to sort of go first. Every other property that's come onto the platform has a third party general partner or issuer attached to it. And those are the people that are, you know, buying the property, operating the property, building the building. They're, you know, they're, that's what they're doing. Um, and that's how we're able to get scale across the country. So we've got, you know, industrial parks and, in, you know, a couple hours outside Toronto. We've got hotels in Quebec. We've got, you know, commercial business park in, um, in Calgary. We've got developments in, in four different provinces right now. Um, and so the way we're able to do that in all these different places is because these third-party operators are the ones that are, um, you know, bringing those properties to the Addy platform and to the Addy community. So what's new about your latest issuance uh, program where anybody can, can now bring a project to you? Whereas were you finding people before? Like what's so new about this latest feature? Yeah. So before we were managing the software on their behalf, so we would, we would be the ones pushing the buttons, doing, you know, doing some of the work in the background to make the issuance easy for that real estate operator. Now, starting in this year, 2023, in January, we started you know, licensing the software, basically enabling people to log into their own Addy business account and essentially run their own issuance, um, use the platform for storing the due diligence, um, you know, choosing how many shares or LP units they want to make available to investors, you know, and then having our platform actually run the issuance for them. Uh, make that offering available to invest investors, collect the funds, get the, the signatures on, on subscription agreements. All of that is now available to an issuer. So they're able to log into their account and essentially run, run their own issuance. Where prior to the, the 2023, we, we kind of did that for them. And the only reason we did that is not all of the pieces were in place. So we, were, we had a lot of the automation there, but we were still doing certain things manually in the background. But now we've got it ready to go where we can 
license the software. So there's two kind of groups that we license it to. One is we license the software for an issuance that's going to be made available to the Addy community. So where you know regular Canadians can log into their Addy accounts and choose to make an investment. And then there's the other side of it where we call it a private issuance, where we have issuers that are using our software for a private issuance, meaning it's not going to be available to the Addy community, but they are using our software to, you know, maybe they have 10 accredited investors that they normally deal with and they're using our software to deal with those 10 people, 10, you know, subscription signatures, 10, um, you know, transactions for movement of money, but the, the, the general Addy community won't see any of the details for that, um, for that property. So we've got lots of small operators and some very, very large operators now starting to use the platform for exactly that. Cause you know, many of them do not have a lot of technology built into this aspect of their business. So Mikel and Lucas Wyrot, um, did you meet those guys at the, your life, your terms event where you both spoke at? Yes. I, I think I came off the stage and they went up next. Um, and then we chatted after their, after their presentation. Okay. So they've got their latest project, which is like a mid-rise condo building in the Scarborough Bluffs area, if I'm not mistaken. They've got it on there. It looks like they've raised over $700,000 or f- close to their goal of $750,000, I think. Yep. Yeah. I think it's close to the goal. Yeah. They've got over 800 people have already invested in that one. Um, I think the average investor, I can look it up right now. The average investor is about $650. It's $648.58 to be exact. Um, yeah. And so that, that opportunity is on the platform because they basically, they're using the Addy business platform and then they chose to make it available to the Addy community. So, so those guys, not only are they testing out this platform to now use the software to make their raising of capital and their development deals easier they decided to release a portion of it publicly. Why did they do that? Um, I think the, the, you know, the main reasons that they were interested in what we're doing is around enabling the community to be able to participate, enabling their employees to be able to participate, enabling the neighbors to be able to participate. Um, and with like, without uh, a platform like ours to, to, to do that, you're, your sort of regular, like this case, $650 investor wouldn't be allowed in. They just, A, you wouldn't even know about the opportunity. It wouldn't, it's not available to you because you just don't know about it. And B, no real estate operator would take a $650 investment. It's just like the, you know, sending you a DocuSign for signature costs $3, right? It just, it, the math doesn't work out for, for, for small investors, which is why there's always minimum investment amounts from 50,000 or sometimes 250,000. Sometimes we've seen deals minimum estimate is a, is a million dollars. And so it, um, it, it, it's the, it's the software and the platform is, is why they're able to do, to do this. Um, Cause we've eliminated all those, those pains of dealing with thousands of, of small dollar investors. And there is, there's no more headache of dealing with all these investors in this project than they would have dealing with one wealthy investor who can bring, you know, the $750,000. Yeah. Yeah. So when they, when they want to do a property update of like, cause they're building this building as a development so they can load, load a handful of photos, you know, type out the update of like, here's where we're at on digging the hole, or here's where we're at on, you know, pouring concrete or here's where we're at, whatever. And they push update. And just like you would, if it was, if you were emailing one person, the update, or you put it in the Addy platform, you do your single update, push go. And it notifies, you know, 2,644 people all at the same time. Okay. Um, so it's how the same have, amount of work for them. How have you seen your platform morph over time? Like how is it now being used versus how it was being used when it first started out or at least maybe the first few projects after you guys launched? 
Yeah, well, I think at the beginning, when we were just getting started, the first handful of properties that were coming onto the platform, a lot of the issuers looked at us as just capital. Um, as like, oh, I could, I could enable, you know, a $500,000 slice to come into my, to, to, to I'm trying to raise X dollar amount and this is a way for me to get 500 grand. Um, and that's the way they looked or they perceived what the software could do. Now, when you talk to these issuers, um, a lot of them are talking about what I was just mentioning, where they, the, the amount of money is not necessarily their main goal. Their main goal is I want my employees to be able to invest in this opportunity because they're the ones on the tools. They're the ones in the office working on the deal. They're the ones doing all of it, but they generally don't have any ownership in the outcome. Normally, it's the owner of the real estate company, the handful of wealthy investors, and that's it. And they get the upside and the benefit. And so we're, we're seeing these groups come to us just for that, just for that thing of like, I want to enable my employees to participate. And so if it's a $500,000 slice or a $1.5 million slice, it's like, sure, that's helpful, but it's not the main reason why they're coming to us. Another example would be um, the hotel operator that's got three hotels in Quebec. The way he thinks about us is like, he's like, why wouldn't I want... 2000 investors in my hotel. Yeah. You know, cause if you're ever going to go to Montreal, you're probably going to stay in your hotel or if your friends and family are going to Montreal, you're going to say, Hey, you should stay in my hotel. And so he sees it as like all of these people out there, word of mouth, you know, pushing the, pushing that hotel on their friends and family for, if you ever go to Montreal, like what, like I will, when I go to Montreal, I'll stay in my hotel. Um, so he sees it as a, a massive benefit to, to having a, a large cap table in the ownership of the property. Um, and then another great example would be renters. So buying a multifamily building and enabling the renters to own a piece of the building that they're renting in is a game changer, right? Normally, if there's kind of an adversarial relationship between landlord and tenant, and there, you know, there's there's a bit of conflict there many times. And what we're seeing is landlords that are buying these types of properties and then enabling the renters that are in those properties to invest in the property that they are living in. Um is super beneficial because it, it, it enables the renter to have the sort of ownership mindset, right? When a dividend or a distribution comes out of a, of a multifamily building, you know, all the renters pay rent, they pay their rent every month. You know, the, the, the bills are paid by the owner of the building. They use the rents to pay the bills and, you know, maintenance and whatnot. And then there's, if, it, if the building's doing well, there's profit in there. And that profit is normally pushed out as a dividend or a distribution to the owner of the building. Right. And so now if you've got the renters uh, on the ownership of that building and they start to get a dividend or distribution back, that's essentially coming from their rent. Right. Cause it's, that's the, that's the money that's, that's where it's coming from. That's the revenue source is the rents. And so you're able to kind of flip the relationship a bit and change it so that, so that the renter is also sitting on the ownership side of the property. And what we are finding is that the buildings start to run a bit better, right? The, there's less damage in, in the common hallways and the elevators and whatever, because the renters start to see like, oh, the elevator broke. So we had to call the elevator repair company. They sent us a $3,000 bill and they'll see it at the end of the quarter is like, well, the, the dividend is smaller this month or this quarter because there was an unexpected $3,000 elevator repair bill. Um, and so they start to get the understanding of how, how the building operates, how it makes money, um, and how to, how to make it produce capital by looking, looking after the asset. And so there's, um, there's a whole bunch of those types of examples that we're hearing from issuers, and none of them really have to do with the actual capital that they could raise by using the software. So it's, um, it's really exciting. We've got some really big groups now that don't raise outside capital anymore, starting to use our software strictly because of like the, the best example is the employees. 
Like we've got a very large real estate developer that doesn't, hasn't taken outside money in years and years and years and starting to use the software just to enable their employees to invest. And that's, they'd see it like an ESOP, like a tech company has a employee stock option program. Yeah. Um, they see it in that way of like, oh, I could use the Addy platform, carve a piece of the ownership out of this development or of this thing, enable my people, my employees that are working on the building to own a piece of the upside or the outcome. Um, and they see that as like a, yeah, it's like a, a fun way to, to put the Addy software to work as like a form of an ESOP for employees in a real estate business. Yeah. It gives them some incentives, some skin in the game. It also makes totally. it more fun because you guys already have a very fun platform, but then when you can enable all these cool use cases, it just makes the whole experience so much more fun for everybody. Yeah. So did yeah, you, it's exciting. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful thing really. Like those three reasons. Um, did you ever see your company morphing into, into these use cases or did it just kind of naturally happen? No. So like at the beginning, like I said, like we were focused on, can we first, can we use technology to enable small investors to get it? Cause they're essentially completely locked out. Nobody wants to let them in They're They're very expensive to manage and, and deal with and take money from. So they don't even get the opportunity. Um, you know, lots of these opportunities, like, like the, the, the one we were just talking about that's on the platform now, it's like an opportunity like that normally is like, you just don't know, right? It's, it's made available to a handful of wealthy people. You go and raise your five or 10 or 20 or whatever millions of dollars you're trying to raise. You're trying to get that from wealthy people, but not everybody knows. Not every doctor and dentist and lawyer knows about these deals. They're, they're only done to a handful of people that know the developer. And it's like a very, very tight group that gets to participate. Um, and so what we're, what we're seeing is like, as we learn more about these issuers and what they're up to and why they're coming to us, is, is how we're starting to understand, um, you know, sort of the morphing of the, of the value proposition that Addy provides. Um, I think there's going to be like, we're going down this path right now, but we think we're going to be able to prove that a residential or sorry, that a multifamily apartment building that has Addy as part of the cat, like the Addy software as part of the cap table and enabling renters to own a piece of the building that they are renting in. We think we're going to be able to prove that that building will run more um, effectively and more cost effectively than the building next door. That's identical. That doesn't enable the renters to participate because we're already seeing the anecdotal evidence of that. But I think we're, we're, we're going down the path where we can do proper white papers and sort of show fundamental examples of like this building has, you know, the, the renters owning a piece, this building does not. And we've been able to, you know, you can just see cost of the operations and damage to common hallways and whatever going down because they understand that they get a, a dividend or distribution out of the building operating well. And if we can prove that to be a fact, you, you would almost like why you'd be, it'd be silly to not have your renters owning a piece of the building, right? If, if we can prove that it's, it's, it, it, you know, it, it operates better if it cash flows better just because of that one thing. So that's one of the angles we're going down to be able to prove it. So we can share white papers with people and say, yes, like you're, it's silly not, not to do this. Hmm. So these are ideas that have just come up throughout your journey of, of doing this company. And like, how do you feel about that now? Like it's completely morphed almost. Like, are you just rolling well, with these changes and just taking advantage of it and seeing like, oh, this is an avenue that opened up that we didn't even see coming, but let's jump on it. Well, I, yeah, yes. Like I think in the, in a, in startup land, you there's this is pretty pretty normal um the hard part about a startup well, there's, there's many hard parts about a startup but um 
you can make, you can take too many wrong turns and kill, you kill your own business just because you, you, you went right when you should have gone left. Right. Or you tried to do five things and you should have done one. Right. Or you, you know, you just like, there's, there's lots of ways for a, for a startup to, to flail and die. Um, a lot of it is sort of execution risk on the team building the business. And so what we try and do, and we have a very good board of directors, very, very helpful board of directors that helps us because as entrepreneurs, there's lots of shiny objects. We're like, Oh, we should do this. And we should also do that. This looks amazing. And let's go chase this down. And, and it's like, you can, you can literally kill the business by, by not having enough resources to do all these things, kind of half, 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 a bunch of them and not actually sort of achieve really anything. And so there's lots and lots of ideas that we've said no to tons, like tons. And then there's others where we said, that's great, but let's, let's hold We'll We'll look at that later, or we'll do that down the road, or we'll look at that in 2024, 2025. And so um, some of these ideas that we've been learning about a why issuers come to us, we've been digging into to try and understand like, Oh, that's interesting that you want your renters to own because you think the building will run better. And like, so we started digging into it or why the hotel operator has done three different properties with us. And we dug into like, why? And we, and we're like, well, we found that was like, Oh, that's super interesting. If like, if you've got a, a business that's operating out of a, a property that makes sense to have a whole bunch of, of sort of retail investors involved in um, like, that's a very interesting sort of value proposition to, to property owners like that. And so, but there's all, there's other examples. I can't think of one off the top of my head that, that we hear about like, Oh, that's like, that's crazy. Or that's not, not a good idea or whatever. And who knows, maybe it was, and we just didn't chase it down. So it's, it's, um, it's for us, it's like a matter of keeping blinders on, continuing to do what we do, do what we do best. Don't get too distracted with by, by shiny objects, but also pivot and keep the business moving forward and, you know, make, trying to make the right decisions. So it's like, a, you know, there's, it's, it's a complex thing to be able to do. And you can be going down a path for six months and realize, shoot, that was wrong. That was terrible. Like you e-break um, and you backtrack and then you go, go the other way and you burn a bunch of money and a bunch of time trying to do something that turned out to be a, a, a dumb idea. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's definitely a difficult, um, difficult thing, but I think we're, we're on the right track. We're the largest real estate crowdfunding platform in the country. Now um, we always say, like I, I said, at the opening, we, we, we enable people to invest in institutional commercial grade real estate. We say that on purpose, institutional commercial grade real estate, because we're not a- enabling you to buy a single condo, like one unit in a tower. That's just, it's not what we do. And it's not like we could do that. There's an asset class there that we are completely ignoring, but we're choosing to make the decision to not do that. Um, and there's lots and lots and lots of examples of things like that where we're, we're, we're actively saying, no, we won't, we don't do that. That's not, that's not what we're about right now. Um, so why, so these, why the institutional uh, commercial grade real estate? Why are you tackling that one? So it, 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 there's a handful of reasons. Um, we think like diversification is helpful. Multiple doors is helpful. If you're, if you're talking like an apartment complex, you know, having an apartment building with 50 units versus one unit, if that one renter stops paying, all income stops for that, for that asset or property that you own. If you've got 50 renters and one stops paying, you've still got 49 renters paying, like it, the, the building can still operate. So the risk is, is a bit better. Um, we don't like the idea of an individual condo just because of strata fees and all these other things that you don't, you don't necessarily control. You know, the average investment amount of an individual condo is a bit smaller. Um, you know, we don't like, we, we don't want to be in the middle of, of enabling, you know, a few thousand investors to invest in a single condo and, 
you know, we don't want to be in the conversation about housing affordability. It's just, it, I don't think that's, that's not where we, 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 we belong. We belong in the, in the space of enabling this asset class to be opened up to retail investors who are, who are currently locked out without using our platform. That makes a lot of sense to us. It resonates with our community. Um, like I said, being able to own a, a piece of a hotel in Quebec, is like most people, if you own real estate, you do it in your city, your backyard, right? It's pretty difficult for me in Vancouver to invest in something in Calgary. Like it's just that jump of like managing something in another city is a, is a lot of work, right? If something goes wrong, are you flying out there to manage it? Do you have an onsite manager there? Like there's just all these things that make it difficult. So most people, if you do own some sort of asset that's an investment of properties, usually for the most part, it's where you live, where you can see it, you can drive by. And with our platform now, it enables people to have access to other asset classes like an industrial business park or hotel or a commercial building or a multifamily building, as well as diversify from other cities, right? With the Addy platform and the 32 properties we've done, they've been in BC, Alberta, Ontario, and Quebec, right? And we've done small towns, like we've got an apartment building in Kimberley, BC. Um, Kimberley is like 7,500 people in that town, all the way to, we've got an apartment building down the street here in Vancouver, it's on Camby Street. Um, so it's like you get, you get the range of these small town, big towns, different provinces, different asset types within institutional grade commercial real estate. And so it's, um, it's just, an, it's a, sort of an exciting place for us to be. And it resonates with our community. How did this opportunity first present itself to you? Like what's, what slapped you in the face and said, wow, this is something that's been ignored. And now we have the technology capability to tackle this problem. So um, my business partner, Mike Stevenson, and I have been business partners for about 23 years now across a handful of businesses that we've built together. And um, sort of long story short, we've done okay. We had sold a couple of them. We've made some money personally, been buying real estate. So I've been, me and my wife have been personally doing our, our, our thing. And Mike, Mike and his partner personally have been doing their thing. And we've, we've, done, we've done okay investing in real estate. Like in, in Vancouver, if you invested in real estate 20 years ago and held onto it to today, you've, you, you could have bought almost anything and you've done great. Um, but there's, there's lots of people that didn't do that or didn't have the opportunity to do it or were just simply too young to do it 20 years ago. And an opportunity came our way in, I don't know, 2016, 27, maybe it was 2017. An opportunity came, it was presented actually to Mike, a real estate development. The developer was basically ripping down three or four houses on, in Vancouver here on Oak Street, ripping down three or four houses, building 28 or 30 townhouses, selling them off um, as part of the, the densification program that was going on around or still is going around the Oak Ridge Mall area. And he was raising money. Minimum investment was a million dollars if you wanted to participate. So Mike showed it to me and a couple other people. Um, and Mike had asked the developer, he said, sure, we'll, like, well, I'm interested. We'll do the one million. But he's like, can I bring a few people into the deal together and do that, that minimum? And, and the developer said, fine, like, you can incorporate a you know, numbered company or whatever. But he's like, I want one investor. I don't want to deal with 10 people. Like, I want one investor. Mike said, no problem. So he set up a company put a little bit of money in it. I put some money into it. You know, a handful of people put some money into it. That, and then that investment was made into this deal. And one of our employees at the time wanted to participate in the opportunity. And so the developer said it was minimum a million dollars to invest. I think Mike, when he was putting together the syndicate said minimum was like 50 grand. And one of our um, employees at the time had $10,000 that he wanted to invest. And unfortunately for him, the answer was no. And the... The, the neat way that that conversation went is the employee, he didn't sort of take it lying down like, oh, okay, like and move on. He got all upset about it. And he's like, what do you mean? $10,000 is a lot of money. Why can't I invest? Like, what's the problem? Like, I, I don't get, 
I don't understand why the answer would be no. Um, and so we started having that conversation around, it's like, well, there's, you got to sign a subscription agreement. That's got to go to the lawyer. The lawyer charges us X dollars amount to touch each document. You have to send the wire. The wire costs 25 bucks to send for you. It costs another 25 bucks for us to receive. Like there's all these fees associated with touching a specific investor. And that's why there's, there's, there's minimums. And it was that conversation with that employee and that specific deal that started us down this path of like, huh, like maybe, maybe we could build a technology platform to eliminate all of these concerns around signing of documents, movement of money, investor updates, ID verification, all these things where you could then make opportunities like this available to retail investors. And so in 2018, we incorporated Addy and we bought that, that first property, which is a single family house in Vancouver with the plan of let's rip it down, build two duplexes and sell the units off. Right. It was an old sort of dilapidated house, rip it down, build two, um, two duplexes. The, the property is amazing. It sits right on Trout Lake. Like you walk out the back door, you're, you're in the park and Trout Lake's right there. Um, and so we, we wanted to basically, we, we, we considered it a kind of our proof of concept property. We wanted to put it on the website or a very rudimentary version of what we have today and put it out to the community and say like, do we wanted to understand like, do random Canadians want to participate in the ownership of real estate in this fashion? Like, would, would you put a thousand dollars or $500 or $50 into one specific address through some random website that you found? We just wanted to validate that people would do that. And long story short, the answer was yes. So I think we have 305 investors in that first property, random people from BC, Alberta, Ontario participated um, and, and made an investment into that property. And so for us, that validated that kind of strangers off the internet um, found enough value in what we were trying to do to, to do that. Like it takes a lot to send money, put money into some website you found on the internet through Facebook or Google or whatever. Yeah. So how and did so you, for us, Stephen, how did yeah. you market that first deal? At the beginning, we read like Facebook ads around like, Hey, here's this thing called Addy and here's what it enables you to do. But you have to imagine like those first, first investors are coming into this thing onto this very early version of what our today, our website is. We had no track record, nothing to show. Like now we can say, Oh, we've done 31 properties and here's the 32nd. And you know, there's, there's, here's the types of real estate developers we work with. Here's the operators we work with. Here's the track record of dividends or distributions out of the system. We had none of that at the time. Um, but again, we were just trying to validate, and this is again, back to the sort of that startup conversation. We were trying to validate with, you know, when you, when you have an idea to start a business, you talk to your friends, your family, your parents, whoever, and you know, usually you get, Oh, that's like good idea. Like go get it. But it doesn't totally validate that the idea is good. People are just generally encouraging, you know, entrepreneurs to be entrepreneurial. And for us, what really validated it was like, just the, like a random person from Edmonton, Alberta that found the website found in enough value to sign up for it, put their personal information in, created an account, moved money over, signed a legal document and like did that without having any relationship to me or to Mike or any of the team. And for that, like for those types of people, of the 305 investors, probably 250 of them, we have no idea, no direct connection to. And for us, that really validated as like, okay, we're like, we're onto something. There's, there's people here that, that this resonates with. And so we took, the rest of all of 2019 and most of 2020 building out a lot of the software. Cause this whole thing doesn't work without the software. 
right? It just, you, you need the automation to deal in the masses for small dollar amounts. It just, you have to build the software. So we took two years building software and then we launched the second property, which is our um, Starbucks in Chilliwack. It's a single commercial building that has Starbucks Canada as a tenant. It's got a drive-through. I think we have 833 or 835 investors in that property. That one's done. It just did a dividend on Monday. It's done 10 quarters of straight dividends. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great sort of cash flowing asset that these people get a distribution of every single quarter. It just does what it does. Starbucks just pays the bills. Even when COVID, when all the stores were closed, that was open because the drive-through was open. So it just, it never, they never stopped paying rent. Um, so is your, is your return on these investments, if they outperform what you projected them to perform, do you get that extra increase? Do you get the extra dividend? Do you, do you benefit from the extra appreciation? Yeah. Each opportunity is different. It depends on the property itself, what the, what the structure is, what the arrangement is, um, in that Starbucks. Yes. So the dividend amount or the distribution goes up and down per quarter, depending on what's going on with the operation of the building. Um, other ones have caps on them. It's like you're, you're capped. You, you can make X percentage up to a certain percent and it'll cap you like real estate developments are sometimes that way where you're capped at 20% or 25% IRR. And anything over that is kind of the gravy for the developer for doing a good job of building a building that was really, you know, worked out for them. It really depends on the deal. So each opportunity that comes onto the platform has an offer, uh, an offering document associated with it. Of course, everybody has to read that offering document. Um, get investment advice before they make any decisions. And then if they like what they're reading, understand the opportunity, understand the risks, they can make an investment. But um, all of them are different. Okay. Stephen, if we had the technology before to split ownership of a company into thousands of different shares that you could purchase for small amounts of money, you know, five bucks, 10 bucks, penny stocks, what made like what What's different now that you're able to do this with real estate? Like, how come we couldn't do this with properties before? Well, I think a lot of the, the structure, it's just not there for this industry. Like, even when we started, we would, uh, you know, our, we, would, we worked with Faskin, the law firm, and KPMG at the very beginning. We went to the two big brand names to help us go down this path. And we said, hey, we need to, we're going to set up a corporation that's going to have thousands of investors. And they looked it up in their software that they use to run cap tables for their clients. And they're like, ah, the software we use can only have, A, they'd never seen you know, a cap table with thousands and thousands of people. Um, and they said, interestingly, the software that they use only allowed them to go to 999 investors. You couldn't have a thousand. It wasn't, the software couldn't, couldn't even do it. And so when we learned that, we were like, huh, okay, so like, that's not going to work. We're going to have to, we're going to have to build a, a tool that, that enables or solves that issue. And then we kept on bumping up against issues, right? Mo movement of money, small dollar amounts of, of, of money moving is, um, is like a, a difficult thing to do. And so we had to automate so much of this to, to make it all, to make it all work. Um, and to enable these small dollar, small dollar investors. Like another example would be when you sign a document through the Addy platform, it comes through what we call our Addy sign technology, because we can't use DocuSign or HelloSign because they charge two or three dollars per signature. If if your investor is putting in minimum one dollar, you can't pay three dollars for the signature on a one dollar investment. Not that we have a lot of one dollar investments, but it does it just the math doesn't pencil out. And that's one example of one portion of a transaction. It goes. And you know, there's there's a million things from movement of money, right? The EFT costs or interact costs. Like there's there's just there's little fees all over the place from the banking system, from 
the legal side, the accounting side, securities filings, all, all of that stuff has fees associated with it. So it, the whole thing had to be automated. I can imagine this whole Addy project has just run into issue after issue after issue. What's your advice for other entrepreneurs out there or budding entrepreneurs? You're on a, you know, one of several companies that you've built now, um, constantly learning painful lessons, I'm sure. But what's your advice for people looking to do the same thing? I don't know. Like it depends on your specific world or, you know, what you're trying to do. I always found like entrepreneurship is it's easier when you're younger. Um, the older you get, the harder it becomes only just because like life happens. You know, when I, Mike and I started our first companies or company, we lived, I lived in my parents' house. He lived in his parents' house. So it was a stupid idea. And if it didn't work out, like we still had somewhere to sleep and there was still food and, you know, it still worked. Like once you get older and then you've got rent that you're paying or a mortgage that you're paying or you're married or kids or whatever, it's like all of these things start to be harder to, to, to take the leap of like, Oh, I'm going to risk it and go and start a business and, and hope this, hope this thing, you know, works out. Um, and so like, yeah, the, the, the sooner or the younger people start, I think is, is potentially better. Of, of course, I know I'm sort of, it's a, it's a good situation to be able to say, yeah, like I lived in my parents' house when I was young and I was able to do that. I get it. Some people don't have that opportunity. Um, it's, it's for sure a place of privilege and it enabled me to do stuff. But I think that's one of them is it's like, it's hard to take the leap, but I do think the sooner or the younger people do give it a shot, um, the easier it is. Cause it does just get harder. The more life happens as you get older. Do you have kids, Steven? I do. I have two. Okay. What, what are you telling them about entrepreneurship and carving out their own path in life? Uh, I think entrepreneurship's the, the future. Um, there's lots of roles that people are, kids are learning in school and stuff they're learning in school is not going to be, I think, super helpful for them as we continue down the automation path and the AI path and all these things. So I think having an entrepreneurial mindset is a good way to look at life. Um, cause entrepreneurs always find a way there's, you know, there's always something you can do if you, you know, if you're thinking in that way. Um, so I just encourage them to, to be open-minded around that. Um, I don't want to force them to do anything into any specific path, but we do like my wife and I both have our own businesses. And so they, they kind of see us and how we deal with our, our businesses. And, um, I, you know, all I can hope for is that they find something that makes them happy and they, they, you know, they, they, they work hard to excel at it. So if it happens to be entrepreneurship, great. If it happens to be something else, great. Um, but it's yeah. going to be interesting to see like, what is, what is 20 years from now look like? My, my son's 13. Like what, what is life for him 20 years from now? I don't know. Like what, what's the world going to be like and what opportunities are out there. And you know, it's like the, the YouTubers of today, that job wasn't a job <laughs> 10 years ago or 20 years, like wasn't a thing, right? Podcasters that none of that stuff existed. So it's like, what, what's coming that we don't even know about that the schools don't really train you on. Um, that, that's coming their way. So I, I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I just hope they, like I said, I hope they find something that they're passionate about chasing down. Yeah. Such a hard period of human history, I think, to be able to try and give advice to a younger generation when you don't know what the next 10 years is going to hold. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, for me, it's the other thing we try and do is try and explain money, how life works, you know, how debt works, how interest works, how compounding interest works, how real estate, like we, we learn a lot about Addy or real estate because of what we do with Addy. Um, so they start to understand 
now, like we go drive every time we drive out to, you know, to go where, whenever we're going anywhere by that Starbucks, we'll always stop at that Starbucks to drive through it and give them the conversation. We pay the money for the coffee or the hot chocolate Starbucks pays the employees and their rent, the rent goes to this. And then the distribution dividend comes back this way. And, you know, essentially it's coming from the coffee that we just purchased. Um, it's just like trying to explain them to them, how things work, how mortgages work, how debt works, credit cards, all that kind of stuff. So that's a great point. I know we have to wrap soon, but, uh, but before we do just that trail of money that you just described and how it ends up in the landlord's hands at the end of the day, or at least a portion of it, how do you as an entrepreneur and a real estate investor hold them both in your life? Like, how are you thinking them relative to each other? You know, one is starting a business, one is investing in real estate. How do you balance that in your life? And what is the purpose of each of those different things in your own life? For like, for me personally? Yeah. Um, well, I, I like, I think about investing, I guess, in two ways. Like one, I'm building my, my own companies and working to do that and, and, and cre- create value here for my, not myself, my business partner, you know, the, the team, um, and, and, and make this, you know, something that is of value. Um, and so that's high risk, obviously the startups are high risk, but, um, I think we're, we're pretty, we're, we're on the right path. And then the other side of it is personally, we like to, like I said, at the beginning is like, we, we invest in our own real estate outside of, I've invested all the ID properties as well as my own um, stuff, as well as, you know, the stock market and try and diversify. And I, and I, I educate my kids on, on how that works. Like we, we invest with them, but I let them pick and choose. And um, like they, they know that they own a little bit of this Apple stock or a little bit of this Disney stock. And they know when they get a dividend and it shows up and they see it, like we try to explain like that cash came from this and you bought this share of Disney at 50 bucks and now it's $72 and, or maybe it's down or whatever it is. Um, they're just trying to like have these conversations. So they just, it's, it's, um, it's something that they're aware of. Um, cause there's lots of people that, that get into their twenties or thirties and just haven't really thought about it. And they start their investing journey late. And I just want to make sure that my kids start as early as they're interested in, and have a, have a general understanding of it all. Yeah. Good for you, man. I think they're going to get their financial advice and reflect back what they learn from their parents and whatever their parents are doing, whether they're an entrepreneur and investor like yourself or a middle-class person just working hard at a job or lower income person, I think they're going to adopt the same mindset. So good for you, man. Um, I know we, we got to wrap. So thank you so much. Where can people learn more about Addy? Uh, find out more about what you guys are doing. Yeah. Um, so they can go to addyinvest.ca. Um, and you can you know see the opportunities that are available, create an account on the platform. We did set up a a promo code for you guys. So there's a membership aspect of Addy. You can either invest on the free plan or there's a $50 per year uh, membership that gives you a bunch of benefits of the software. Um, if your listeners or viewers put in your life, your terms is the promo code. So it's your life, your terms into the promo code spot. It'll give you your first year free on the Addy One membership. Um, and so they can do that anytime you create an account. It'll ask you at some, some point in the sign up flow. To, if you would like to buy a membership, if you choose to do so, stick your life, your terms, all one word in there. It'll give you your first year for free. And then they can see the benefits of the Addy One membership for no, no cost. Awesome. Thanks, man. We appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for doing this. 
A big thank you to Steven Jagger for both the promo code and also for coming on the show to give us an update on the Addy World. Once again, that promo code is your life, your terms, all caps, no spaces. That's your life, your terms, all caps, no spaces to get your first year free on the Addy One membership at addyinvest.ca. And for more amazing discounts, connections, and bonuses like the one Steven just offered, you need to be a Rockstar member to access them all. You can go to our website, rockstarinnercircle.com slash member to see all the specific benefits that you get access to as a member things like our million dollar Rolodex with 52 different categories of real estate investor focused professionals that we've carefully and painstakingly vetted over the last 15 years who you can instantly connect with add to your real estate power team and use in your investing business that's rockstarinnercircle.com slash member to check out all the big benefits of becoming a rockstar inner circle member like the Rolodex thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode